When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's the most productive day of the week. So let's get productive. Let's produce a show. And this show is going to be called The Lori and Julia Show. And we're going to make it for you from scratch. Oh, we are. We're over here getting the yeast together to rye, you know, raise the dough. Isn't that what we no. need? No, I'm trying to put on blush so I don't look like I'm dead on this YouTube video today. Oh, Julia, bring I, in the bronzer. I, Give Rocco a dusting <laughs> for good luck. And Rocco, why are you up here? Um, I don't know. You know, Amy put it together. Maybe she doesn't want me to talk today. Yeah. Well, we'll oh, lucky it. you. In case people are wondering, we have a camera. We have three cameras. And we tape every day our story we can't get enough, which, mm-hmm. which takes place about uh, 320 every day. Yeah. And then we uh, somebody takes it and puts it on YouTube, and then you can watch it and we, see our faces. We have Steven Spielberg Juniors here in our staff yes. now. Boy, everyone's had to pivot this year. Think of how many jobs that crew has had. No kidding. Quite a few. All right. What do we know about? What do we know? Okay. Jen Shaw? Yeah. How about wow. that? Wow. Wow. She was so unlikable on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake, but yet we were so fascinated with her at the same time and where did all the money come from and, where? and you had said that she had some algorithm com- thing to that would generate leads well leads. apparently they, it was all a scam they were have been investigating her and you know they always start investigating after you appear on tv why do these people who do bad things go on it's TV? ego it's ego yeah, they don't think they think they're above getting caught yeah and she think of how the coach feels her husband right now oh I say D-I-V-O-R-C, coming fast. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I do know, like, about coaches and, like, a lot of times people who've been in the military. Lying and cheating is considered, you know, the the first two steps to going on and just being a very dishonorable person. So that's the beginning. That's the beginning of it. And there she is. There she is. Oh, dear. (laughs) And her cousin, like... She always had uh, her cousins be assistants, mm-hmm. but they were maybe the partners uh, in mm. this thing. Yeah, anyway, well, here, let me tell you this, Julia. COVID-19 is disrupting all of the state tournaments that are going on. I know. Girls hockey, boys hockey. I heard Hermantown. Hermantown, I heard some things. I which heard is some the, things. De- the defending champion in Class 2A. Right. They've got to suit up 15 junior varsity players. For the game, because only three seniors are allowed to play. I I was wondering that. And okay. Duluth East couldn't even, do, you know, be in the uh, class one A 
because their whole team was in quarantine for COVID. So they had to forfeit. That was a couple weeks ago. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, apparently, yeah, they've got uh, um, the Hawks roster is maybe going to have three varsity players who were injured and sat out the Section 7 semifinal against uh, Virginia. So, yeah, it'll be all JV players. You know, your second string, if you will, working That's, your way up to varsity. Well, you never know. Yeah, it'll make Sometimes it, it'll make it more interesting. Sometimes people shine. Well, and you and, know, and they're playing an unseeded team, Dodge okay. County. They don't even have a seed. And they were going in, of course, Jeez. as the they're going to get wiped out because Hermantown's defending. Right. Heavily senior team. Now it's been flipped up. So now the table got flipped and the Hawks are no longer the favorite. So. Anyway, that's all. Scandal on the hockey game. It's, it's all Sorry, happening. I love it how you're keeping us posted with everything hockey. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, stuff started. Uh, stuff starts tomorrow. And girls hockey no, starts there's, there's stuff, I, today. There's games going on today. Yeah, yeah sorry. Excuse me. But today. even before all that, you guys, tonight, Gonzaga is playing USC. March Madness is continuing to get. Yep. Uh, and Michigan versus UCLA. Those will be two good things. And, and, and our gal Paige Beckers, is that her right. name? Yes. They won last night. Right. Who does she play for again? UConn? UConn. Yeah. Okay. And then boys and girls basketball. So the four, you know, girls hockey and boys hockey basketball, both girls, it's all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So like Duluth East tomorrow plays Wayzata and boys basketball. I mean, it's like... It's a uh, it's crunch time. Forty five is going to be very busy in all the sports desks. Well, I was so happy. I we heard from Jora Bart at the Excel Center that they're accepting um, fans back in the stands for the Wild, who are having a really good year. Yeah, the, Miss, the Wild for which they haven't had in a long time. Yeah. So um, I'm just like, this is such a good email to get that people can come back in the stands. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, all right. Sports are happening. Sports are happening. And also, this was a really... um, CNBC, this gal, um, just gives a very basic... Because I know people are just, you know, getting lined up for uh, vaccine shots now that they're done with 65 plus and today. They're hard to find. Mm -hmm. Hard to find and all of this. So people are feeling jubilant. We've given this warning a couple times about not posting your vaccination card. Out on social media, which right. people, I've so many, I so many people have done it. I'm like, why would anyone want that personal information out there? Well, here is just a very quick okay. tutorial about exactly why you don't want to do this. Okay. If you just got your COVID 19 vaccine, you probably want to take a selfie with your vaccination card. Understandable, but those cards contain personal information like your full name and date of birth. Experts warn that posting the cards to social media can leave us vulnerable to identity theft and scams. Scammers can use your date of birth to figure out your social security number. Ah. And with that information, they can create phony vaccination cards to sell, open up credit in your name, and even collect your tax refund. If you insist on sharing, black out that personal information, or better yet, leave the card out entirely. The Better Business Bureau and Federal Trade Commission both recommend sharing your vaccination sticker instead. Okay, and seriously, people have time on their hands to do naughty things right now. Mm-hmm. People have time yeah. on their hands to scam. Well, yes, so and people are making it... Don't give it, anyone an opportunity. And people are making it easy. That's just... I see him and I'm just like, like why can't Help. you just say, I got my first shot today? I mean, you don't need to show the proof of your card. We'll, right. Your Facebook friends will believe you. Your Insta friends will believe right. you. 
you know, do the Rosie the Riveter thing or, right. you know, oh. I don't know, something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, so anyway, I just liked her but, little one, too. But I didn't know that about the birth date can lead to the Social Security. Your birth date can go to anything. Yeah. I mean, so I remember when Facebook's first started i gave him the wrong birthday mm-hmm. and we always get happy birthday on the wrong date because yep. we share an account because i'm like <laughs> why am i giving my birthday to the internet but um also there's good news too about um the efficacy oh i love of, that word i know it we um, haven't said it in a while I, thank Racco. you can i have a dang racco i said it the efficacy of the first shot in the duo shots the moderna and the pfizer is like 80 90 percent so that was kind of good. You, of course, have to follow through and go through everything. But that that was a big study that was done. It was the first big oh, one. Real life study out of Duluth, Minnesota. I know it was mm-hmm. made national news. Yep, it did. You know it. Yeah, I that's still good. am waiting for ding, 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 ding. All right, listen, let's get going because we've got to get to our story, Julia. We can't get enough of. Okay. And it involves a crush and an award show. Oh, Rocco, I wish we were taping the audio before we go to our YouTube segment every day because it's a classic. It's drama. Julia's like, do I need a bang, Lori? Should I put on a jacket? Why does your hair look good? Oh, my God, look at my boobs. What should I, I do? What's with my hair? Do I need a bang? Should I put on more blush? Do my teeth look yellow? <laughs> do, do I need dental floss? I mean, and then someone, and then the most random things happen to me. Like today, someone just dropped off the catalog, a magazine on Arkansas, from a woman named Shirley. It's a travel guide, it's Julia. It's a travel when you guide. Go, when you buy your camper van and go, you know. Sometimes back, back I mentioned I didn't know much about the state of Arkansas. Enjoy the look of my state for the past well, 10 years. How sweet is that? Shirley, who wore the red glasses down in the KSTP Cafe. She lives Aww. in Hot Springs. So how nice, how nice is that? Yeah, no, this this camera thing is is yeah is a bit much for me. Well, Laura, you're much more put together for it. Julia, I... Um, you're more fresh blowout for yeah myself, and it lasts. You know, you're. I blew out my hair at U.S. Swim and Fitness, or not U.S. Fit, wow, I'm really living in the past lifetime today, and you Did can you tell. Say bass. I said pass. Oh. I said I blew out my hair at U.S. Swim and Fitness today. Oh, that is a long time ago. <laughs> That's really dating you. <laughs> okay, what's happening? Okay, well, let's talk about. The Academy, okay, the Oscars, uh, April 25th. That's right. And a few days ago, um, they sent out a very stern email to everybody that's attending or presenting, and basically, you know, just said if you're traveling internationally, plan on quarantining for 10 days when you get here. Yeah, who's gonna? There will be three COVID tests leading up to the show. Um, if you're traveling domestically because you don't live in L.A., you have to quarantine for five days. Oh, five days. Well, what if some of these people, I feel like all these Hollywood people have had the in and on vaccinations. That's true, Lori. 98% of them right? are vaccinated. So, uh, again, now those people who are traveling outside of L.A., they have to quarantine five days, take two COVID tests. It doesn't say anything about the, all the people who live in L.A., no one can get additional tickets. It's just you and a guest. And if you are not there in person at the Union Station, mm-hmm. do not expect a Zoom call. 
Time out. They had an emergency meeting today oh, after dear. the sternly written email that you're referring to. Went out yesterday. They had a, they had an update. They had a meeting today. Um, the academy plans to. Um, they don't want to burden the actors any more than they have been, including Gary Oldman and Olivia Colman and Emerald Finelli, who's nominated for Best Director in Picture. London. They're in London. So what they decided that they would do is they're going to make hubs. They are going to have um, travel hubs, um, European hubs for people to so go like to. like the Savoy in London. Exactly. Yeah. will be a hub where they can go to. So for nominees that are unable to travel to the United I mean, States. You see, this is the problem. Now they have a whole new director of this stupid show. First of all, nobody cares about the Oscars this year. It's going to have an asterisk. Everyone who wins is going to have an asterisk because... This is like, I mean, we'll we'll ask Kathy Connell today when we talk to her for the Screen Actor Guild Awards. But Which they are had this their, weekend. They had their act way long ago and decided it would be, a, a you know, not no in person and no Zoom, that it would be pre They had a very good plan. So it's weird. Under an hour. Yeah, and but it's weird that the Oscars has known for so long that it was moving till then, that they didn't think about this. Steven Soderbergh is one of the yes, producers. He now, he's a movie director, and I feel like he does big picture stuff, mm-hmm. and then nobody, and maybe these other two people, and nobody thought about like the actual mechanics, and mm-hmm. the, the, that people want, to, even though they know there's an asterisk by this year's award, if you've been nominated, it's a pretty big darn deal, and they actually have a good diverse group of right films and well here's a couple things laurie okay i'm glad they've rethought that because that was dumb the academy is really hoping not to have a zoom option but they are now to explain the show is being designed as if it were a film not a tv broadcast hold on and are treating anyone who attends like part of the film production okay including filming in 24 frames uh, per second widescreen this sounds like pure soderbergh they are promising the first 60 seconds oh will make your knees buckle. Oh, no. And there will be an, more than 20 satellite hookups to enhance the whole experience that's meant to create a community around the aspect of film. You get a free pass. Just put on the damn show. We don't want to see a movie of the award show. This is bogus. It, this is show me who our new crush is. Okay. Show me a picture. I mean, let's let's change category. Let's change, I mean, isn't yeah. that just annoying? This is what's this is what's wrong with the academy and uh, whoever the stuffy people are making these decisions. One of the people who's on the team <laughs> is um, I think Jesse Collins, and that Jesse worked on um, the Grammys, and they wanted it to work like the Grammys, where they'd have a revolving group come in so people could be live in person. But again, it's too big, it's too broad, and with the quarantines and everything going on, you know. I mean, can't these people just enjoy getting an Academy Award with an asterisk in peace? Do you have to make them do all this work? Okay, there's also <laughs> going to be the traditional red carpet is being altered. Of duh. course, duh. Um, so they're going to have... Um, they. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. We plan on doing an event the day before. The event oh, is the going to be a warm-up. Oh, no. I know. Oh, They're making people do a lot of work for this they year. They really are. All right. Well, I'll just tell you that I just fell back in love again. Now, okay. I, I, what did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, City on a Hill came back on Showtime. Do you guys know it, Rocco? Do you know that show? Do you have Showtime? No. Um, Kevin Bacon is in it. That's why he was making the rounds last week. Hit just that giving mustache us, on him. Oh, looks, it's porn star stash. He's got what sure. twelve degrees of separation with bacon. It's some new product that orders. He's doing oh. a new commercial where he's laying on the. You know, pool. It's a great ad. It's a great ad, but his. That mustache makes him look 10 years younger because he can grow so much hair. Well, but this character is it's like nasty. 10 years older, Jackie Rohr. Yeah. He's not a good guy. But City on a Hill came back on Sunday mm-hmm. night, so I DVR'd the finale. He's a crooked la- cop or something, yes, right? Yes. I started watching that last year. So I DVR'd the finale of last year, mm-hmm. so I would just sort of be refreshed. And then I've forgotten that what a crush I had on Aldous Hodge. This okay, wait. Go okay, no. Wait. There you go. There you go. No, go slower. Okay. The, oh, oh, there, there. Oh, he's this hot. This from his Wikipedia page, but you might know him. He was in Hidden Figures. Oh yeah. He played one of the. Uh, I just husbands. rewatched that. He played MC Ren and Straight Outta Compton. Yes. That's a great biopic. He was Matthew in Girlfriends, and he was James Brown in One Night Miami, and very good in that. But tell he, me his name again. His name is Aldous Hodge. Oh, You're what all, a great name! Isn't that a great? Great name, and he got his breakout role. Uh-huh. Found out on his 21st birthday he was going to be in Leverage with Timothy Hutton on TNT. Oh, nice. Remember when TNT used to have a lot of, like, yes. original yes, they did. programming? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's a snack and a half, and so I didn't get to watch the... F- it ended on a good cliffhanger, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, I'm still halfway through zero, zero, zero. Oh, we finished I, that last night. Did you finish the whole thing? Well, first I of mean, all, I'm halfway through the first episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, do you guys know what zero, 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 why they call it that? No. Zero, zero, zero. It's uh, cocaine It's lingo. zero grams. Zero no, grams, zero purest, pure. Well, that's what I was going to say. Pure. I was thinking it's pure, pure, pure. Yep, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember? Um, that show is crazy violent. Okay, Just so you know it's on Netflix. Yeah, and it's uh, an Italian cocaine mafia. No, it's about the. <laughs> it's not. It's about uh, the middle person between two cartels that supplies moves the the cocaine. I wonder how much cocaine was caught in the Suez Canal. Oh, in, in think the, of think of know, all the, the drugs when they did it, when they showed how much was on that big old boat, whatever it was called. All right, or Evermore. easy, Evermore, Evermore. I mean. Cars, drugs could be hidden in all those glove compartments. Well, the, I don't know. The Egyptians are going crazy because Pharaoh's tomb has been disturbed again, and they are feeling like this is a curse, and that's why this happened. There's something happening in for, Egypt, yeah, that affected the Suez Canal passage, having to do with disturbing the Pharaoh's tomb. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cliffhanger. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> But that's that's what the gossip is in the 
area. <laughs> okay, well, we'll read Egyptian news and get back to you later in the show. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lori and Julia Book Club. We are uh, delighted beyond words that Nadia Hashimi is joining us. Her latest book, Sparks Like Stars, which we just absolutely oh. loved. And uh, Thank you, Nadia. Thank you, Nadia. My pleasure. So glad to be able to talk to both of you today. Oh, yeah, what gosh. a beautiful book. Really, it Fascinating is. Fascinating historical fiction. Give us a setup of the story, please. Sure. So this story starts off in 1978 in Kabul, and there's a little girl that we meet, Sitara. She's 10 years old, and she's living a very privileged life. Um, but Sitara, one night, becomes a witness and a survivor of a brutal military mass uh, coup that happens in the palace and you know through twists and turns she ends up becoming an American becomes an Afghan American um, until one day when her past returns to her and faces her and then pulls her back to Kabul to face the truth and the questions and the mysteries that she still has around what happened that night with her family and you know Nadia and I want you to tell us how you got the inspiration for telling this story but you know people might often mistakenly think that Afghanistan has just always had war. Yes, yes, they've had, we've been in an endless war in Afghanistan, then they had the Russian, but there have been times in Afghanistan's history where there's not been war. Yeah, and that's really, you know, when you ask about the, what was the inspiration for this story, in my previous books, they've taken me to book clubs, to libraries, to book festivals, and conversations around the themes of those stories I've uh, circled back to, you know, what happened to Afghanistan? Why why do I talk about my mom growing up in Afghanistan and going to school and becoming an engineer and, and you know, other contemporaries of her generation doing the same? How did that country become this one? And so I wanted to be able to answer book clubs in mm-hmm. um, with a novel and not mm-hmm. just have a conversation with them uh, to be able to inform people about a past that once was And I think it really speaks also to the reasons why people are fighting so hard right now to safe, uh, to save Afghanistan's future and to save the rights of women in Afghanistan's future. It's because we've had that in the past and Mm -hmm. it's it's too much to let go. Right, right. It really, and and your, your story, your author's note at the end of the book where you had found a newspaper, paper article by, um, Carlotta Gall, a journalist, uh, about a discovery of the remains of Afghanistan's first president 40 years after he and 18 members of his family had been killed in this coup. And that 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 was the the idea for putting together this story. Right. So I knew that I wanted to tell a story that really um, helped depict what Afghanistan used to be. Mm -hmm. And. I then I needed to be able to kind of center that around a particular event or around a personality or a character. And when I came across that article, it really, you know, the more I dug into it, I realized that that was truly the moment in Afghanistan's history that tipped the country over into mm-hmm. what would become decades of war. Mm-hmm. And so it was a fascinating and dark event in Afghanistan's history and one that I wanted to, you know, shine a bit of light on. And you write such, I mean, you've got such great characters and, um, uh, uh, Sitara. Sitara, but no, she's known as, uh, how do you pronounce her name? Ariana? Uh, Ariana. Ariana. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, uh, Tilly, um, you know, the, uh, 
Is she the the grandma? The grandma. I loved that whole storyline and the hippies going through, you know, traveling Traveling that part of the world. Is that guide that you wrote about for real? It is. It's it's fascinating. I mean, it's an amazing little travel guide that you're that you're um, alluding to, and that's what the hippies used. And it was, um, I mean, it tells you how to travel real cheap from country to country, where to score the best weed. Um, what places to avoid, which customs and which borders to worry about, and how to just stay cool as you're traveling mm-hmm. along this path. And again, it just speaks to what a different time mm-hmm. it was. And I've met so many people uh, over the years who, you know, there's always like one person who lingers at the end of a book festival or something and just comes up to me and tells me that they used to travel to Afghanistan in, you know, in the 60s or 70s or work there. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, one of my friends, uh, the only, very few people knew about Afghanistan at that time. But one of my friend's fathers actually recognized when I, when he asked me where was my family from and I said Afghanistan, he was like, oh, you guys have the best weed. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> That was one of the few people who actually had like a personal connection to the country that, that he could speak of. So right. I just wanted to be able to, and that was just a lot of fun to do the research and just get to know, you know, women who partake in different kinds of recreational substances at that age. Mm-hmm. And now how much research did you do for this book? I did a good amount of research, um, probably did more research than I needed to, but it was so enjoyable for this particular story because I got to, you know, like like I was talking about, look at pictures online and travel diaries from people who were overlanders and traveling that hippie trail at that time, but then also get to know what was happening with the American Foreign Service officers who were working in Kabul and actually interview one of them who was there, a woman who was there at the time working at the American Cultural Center as a director, mm. and talk about what the feelings were, what surprised they had it was a party post for them they were like literally having cocktails the night before that is something if you're just joining us we're talking to nadia hashimi the book is sparks like stars a novel it's historical fiction talking about the pivotal events um and conflict that happened in april of 1978 where this young girl satura watched her whole family be murdered Mm -hmm. and her story of coming to america i was struck by kind of the immigration part of it and being um going to a foreign foreign country and not wanting to be immersed in america and let go and of your past in afghanistan and having the survivor's guilt that you know she survived and just that struggle that we've never experienced yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people who have immigrated to the United States at various times in Afghanistan's history. My parents came over well before the coup even, um, but many of my family members came over later, and then my husband even came over. He had lived through years of war. Um, obviously, he's a different generation than my parents. So mm-hmm. uh, I think everyone's got a bit of a different journey, but there's a lot of loss along the way. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, what they're leaving behind. And even for my parents, for example, they left behind a country that they'll never be able to return to because it has transformed in the years that they've been gone. In Satara's story, she has lost tremendously. Right. She's lost just about everything. And so her story is one where she really grapples with that grief as a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And I we love the titles. The title sparks like stars. Your book is be- your oh, book yeah. cover is beautiful too. By the way, we love uh, we think book covers sell. <laughs> 
We oh, read, I know. We read so I many books. I cannot take credit for either the title or the cover, and I would agree with you that they're both gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's so good. So um, are you doing, how's the best way, do you like people to get, contact you, like on your Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram, or where do you like for, you know, readers to find out where you're going to be doing, you know, virtual books. I am available on Facebook, on okay. Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm reachable on Twitter. I don't do a heck of a lot on Twitter. It feels okay. like a boxing ring sometimes right. to me, but on my website, uh, on any of the social media platforms, I can be found. I love connecting with book clubs. So I'm usually able to kind of join in and, and have part of the conversation. Uh, it's the, that's the rounding out the process of the book for me is to know what it does when it gets readers into the hands of readers. Yeah, and it, you know, it was a great piece of history to learn. As far as sure. I was, I listened to it. Lori okay. read it, yeah. and I listened to it. You're the person who narrated it on Audible. Did a nice job. I keep hearing that, which is amazing. Also, I'm 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 really glad. It seems like this package came together in a way that the feedback has been amazing. I've been really grateful for it. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes I'm telling you that person, the reader, well, you know, sometimes in, the voice makes all, all the, the difference, difference in right? the world. You said that before, Julia. I have. Um, the also the thing too that I really uh, appreciated, like the psychological insight and just really becoming quite so so fond of Satara slash Ariana um is you know really uh I guess having getting an awareness of like what it is to experience trauma oh. because I think that people dismiss that sometimes like well you've you've gotten through it so you've gotten through it and it just really made me I don't know it it just felt like a heart opening to me yeah, I think that's, um, you know, we we don't have other people's experiences. Their lived experiences are so personal. Mm-hmm. And we can try to put ourselves into another person's shoes. But when we meet each other, we're so busy with right now that we can't really sit down and take in everyone's past as completely as, you know, we might want to or, or think might be necessary to really understand them. So, um, but we do it with novels. Yeah. And that's. I- that's the cool part about these books is having a chance to really take a deep dive and get to know someone. Yeah, that is so true, and, and it's and, that, so much fun learning about different areas of the world, different histories. Yeah. And and we were glad to see that um, your book is recommended along with. Um, we just had Kate Quinn on a couple of weeks ago for the Rose Code because we love our historical so fiction stories about women, and we we're like it was perfect timing. You know, to be oh, I love it. I can't and, wait to read The Rose oh, Code. Yeah. It's so good. It We're talking with Nadia Hashimi. Her new book is Sparks Like Stars. Nadia, we ask everybody, what's the last great book that you read? Oh, well, I am in the middle right now of Lily King's Writers and Lovers, and I'm reading it slow, um, soaking myself in it, every line. She's just so great. I love the way she writes, and it's so insightful about um, the writing process, so I can relate to a lot that's in there, uh, and she's an amazing writer. Yeah, I think oh. we, we, Julie, we, we had her on for Euphoria. Yes, her we did. Euphoria. Yes, we did. A few that was a ago. great one, too. Yes, that was. Well, yeah. Nadia, we hope to, you know, we're going to be, uh, you're on our radar now. We would like to read uh, your book, The Pearl That Broke Its Shell. That's one of your other books, and we just loved our introduction to you in sparks like stars it's just wonderful wonderful book 
I'm so glad that we've connected over this story and really glad that it landed in your hands. Thank yeah. you so Thank much. You. Thanks Thank so you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nadia. Bye. About, I always crazy. thought it was call me for a while. Call me baby. Yeah. I sang it wrong. Call me baby. Call me baby. And then I was like, oh, an earworm. Maybe. We learned what an earworm it was, but we want to give a shout out to Lori and Don. You know how you are. You're the winners of today's Sparks. Lori and Julia's book club selection. Sparks like stars. She was lovely. She was lovely. And remember when you read The Kite Runner? Oh. Oh my gosh. That's oh. really when I realized like Afghanistan was what? like this amazing country. This amazing country before the Russians and the Americans got to it. Yeah. Before this, pre- yes. the president was yep. overthrown in the in late 1978. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, that... Oh. It's an interesting uh, thing, you know, with... Uh, with that, I mean, you know, when they got rid of the Shah of Iran, right? you know, and I mean, it just... It, I don't know. I don't know. That must have been hard. Just hard. And then when religious thing, yes. the religion takes over and dictates the, you know, stuff. And well, then people want money <clears throat> and they're fighting over the land. And then you've got tribal and feudal and all these things. Very complicated, but it was... I fell in love with, like, you could see Afghanistan. Oh, no kidding. The Kite Runners. We also book. read something by um, Ron Howard's wife. That, no, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Middle East about a woman. She was like uh, a woman's life uh, that was like, she was a princess. She was a, pr- oh gosh, I love those books. Yeah, Remember she those? was a princess. I never finished that book. I could oh, not I take, loved it. I know you did, but Julie, you're used to like a Harlequin romance, okay? <laughs> Rocco, I don't mean to slam a Harlequin, yeah. but a rose, good Rosemary Rogers. It a good was, Fabio cover. It, it just was too, um, but it was a true story she went uh, over there that doesn't i know it All was right. a true story but i couldn't take the writing well fine it was like you're you're harder on that than i am yeah i know that's all i'm saying so i never i don't know the story except we had her on our show i loved that book i can't even think of what it was called i'm gonna find out oh don't. i know we do right, stay focused and folk look at that on the break fine let's, all right let's talk about Kristen dunst Having a baby, an, a second baby with Jesse Plemons. She's so happy. She's on the cover of W Magazine, the magazine director's issue. Holly posted it for us. And, um, yeah, you know, they met on Fargo. Okay, but, here's I was the, just going to say, I didn't know those two got together on the oh, show. Oh, yes, they yes, did. But I'm wasn't genuine. she was with Garrett Hedlund? Hedlund, who's now had a baby with Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. And who could look dif- more different than Garrett, Garrett Hedlund, Hedlund and Jesse, Jesse Plemons? Plemons. Redhead, tall, brunette. I'm going to tell you that she found out that she'd rather be blinded by a strong strength of character than a good-looking peckerwood. Why are you saying Garrett, <laughs> Garrett Hedlund doesn't have a strength, strength of character? No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 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 And Jesse Plemons is the real deal. Mm-hmm. You're a slamming Garrett Hedlund. I don't mean to, but he's a good-looking, good-looking... Tall drink of water. I'm shocked man. how tall he is. Yeah. He's like 6'4 or something, yeah, it feels like. Anyway, so they're... they're, they're... Of course, before that, who was she with? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. She's had a lovely love life. So she she's, has. you know, I don't know. She loves him. She's crazy about him. He's an incredible actor. 
And we met him on Friday Night Lights That's originally. Right. He mm-hmm. is, he's lovely. He's so, Has and Jesse we, Clemens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesse. And he was on Breaking Bad for a while. Yes, yes he, he was. was. Very, he was very on good. something else recently, a movie. I he's think. in a really good episode. Have you guys watched any Black Mirror? Uh, no. Uh, I'm I so after, traumatized after, after the first yes, one. It's, after, it's scary and I don't like that. Oh, no, that chilling, first one with the pigs. A, no. Oh, yeah. That, he's in a good one. It's this one, the one I'm talking about isn't so bad, but it, he's, it, there's a Star Trek episode. Yeah, he's, in, he's a, in it. He's in a weird movie about going nowhere, and it was awful. I felt... Um, <laughs> you went nowhere. Well, no, it's... It can't, if you look up his last movie, he got a lot of raves for it. It was sort of... I don't know. It felt like, you know, like a movie, true movie person, like like Hollywood have understood it. I think a lot of, um, you know, Holly movie, 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 millennial, uh, mo- like you know how I slammed you about your Rosemary oh, Rogers. Yeah, you did okay, but th- this he, he was in the Irishman. Yeah, he was great in that. But Game anyway, night, which I loved. It's it's some kind of an independent movie. We watched it in. in I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. Was, Full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about uh, him and herself. I wanted to... That I looks want, terrible. I wanted to just... Tony Collette was in that. Yeah, I know. I didn't like yeah. that. Anyway, Mm-mm. I'm not recommending it. But they met in 2015 when they were starting in Fargo. And they, um, you know, have been in love and crazy about each other ever since. He's in the Black Messiah, which I really want to see. So have I. you guys seen that? No. Bracco, have you seen well, that? I don't, I don't know what that is. The Black Messiah. It's nominated. It's a true story. It's a longer title. Yeah. Oh, the, Judas and the Judas Black and the Black Messiah. Yeah, yeah. What is that on? Is that on HBO? And it's uh, about a real life story about an, a guy, uh, FBI guy who infiltrated the Black Panthers. Right. It's Prime Video. I really want to see that. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I that looks good. I forgot about that. Now, okay, Harry Styles has a new job, but Holly has teased us with her post today. Okay. Here's what it says. Harry Styles. And, you know, I was just thinking about Harry this morning. And I wonder oh, what yes. he and Olivia were up to. Mm. You know, I was having because you, you saw thoughts. the Ted Lasso clip that you she right? did. And that made you think of her, yes. which made you think of him. That's right. See, I know. I know your brain. You works. know how my brain thinks. <laughs> and they're back together because they've done. They're done. Corn. No. Yeah. She's back in L.A. Anyway. Gucci yes. has tapped Harry as well as Sienna Miller and Dakota either Fanning or Fanning or Johnson because the story <laughs> cut off. Uh, it's about the handbag uh, designs. Okay, that's so funny because my whole Oscar thing that I printed when we talked at 315, I didn't have a whole, whole column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just was making up stuff as we were going along yeah. the end because yeah. I'm like, so I have know. no idea. So one of them, Who and can in, say? A, in a preview, <laughs> Harry Styles basically wore a look that he wore to the Grammys, which yeah. is uh, a fur coat. A printed shirt and it's his so and the phallic, 70s. the phallic banana necklace. Well, you can't see the necklace in the in the thing yeah. we have posted here. It looks like he has what was that Italian horn called? I mean, I'll buy whatever he's standing next to. I'll just get the knockoff of it. You know, Lori, what I'm saying? this is so 70s. This coat yeah, and no, everything. I love it. I love he's it. He's got a great smile and, and cute he dimples. always wears a stacked heel. And I've always been a sucker for a man with a flare in his pants. <laughs> I know. You know, it's so funny because when you met my brother, your husband, oh, he was wearing a stacked heel. 
Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And a duster coat. And a leather duster, which uh-huh. I immediately took off of him because I so was... So funny. Like, how quickly can you tell someone that you like that you can't stand their clothes? I did it right away. I know you did. I did it right because away. Because usually I was like, if you like, have any chance of kissing me tonight, we've got to get you out of your giddy-up duster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like an extra. And don't even show the me matrix. your car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was just like, let's get you out of that to save the stool for Julia. Right. I remember. Larry, it's so funny because we were on the first date. He was so cute. I mean, he's coming around. I'm like, yeah, I forgot. He's really cute. And then I was like, what is that? What is that? We had a long duster coat. Oh, leather to the floor. It's in our costume box. (laughs) And stacked heels are like a cowboy boot. Just a cowboy stack. A cowboy Cowboy boot boot with the little stack Johnny jump up heel. The Johnny jump up. Jump up. You know, I love it. It's like the Beatles wore these boots. Yeah. You know, they're back were you in. you going to a bar that had like a mechanical bowl? No, we were, we were at the whiskey. whiskey. Okay, we were going to dance to yep. Lamont Cranston. Totally. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, you get on the tightest, greatest, like they were green, black jeans. You saved them for the longest time. I but, love how you remember. Well, oh, of yeah. course you do. Yeah. Well, he remembered. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wore them all the time. I was like, what's with these bands? They were his lucky pants, I found out. Oh. Well, if he wore them that night, they must have been real lucky. Uh-huh. Well. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Who can say? We'll be right back.